Hey, and welcome to the Quest Podcast. We are so excited that you are here. Life with Christ is an absolute journey, and you do not have to do it alone. Jesus is in every single bit of it. We are excited to help you connect the Bible, the Word of God, to our culture and your calling. God has so many great things in store for you and for the world around us if we choose to step in with his mission and his calling in our lives. So grab a backpack, a water bottle, and join us on the adventure. and welcome back to the Quest Podcast. We're excited for you to be back. Now, last week we finished our calling series and that was super exciting. It was it was really long. We got to talk to a lot of people and that was really cool. But this week we get to start our culture series. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about the culture that we see in our world, the culture that we see in scripture and how those two things relate. And so this week, we're starting off with two awesome college students here at Southern Western <laughs> University, Clay and my Cherie. They are super stellar. I'm going to let them introduce themselves before we jump in. So, guys, tell us who you are and what do you do here at SWU. All right. Well, my name is my Cherie. I'm Luzarike. I'm a junior here at SWU. I'm the student body chaplain, and also um, I'm studying sports management. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, my name is Clay Lancaster. I am the student body president here. Um, I am a senior. I'll be graduating in May. Um, I'm studying business with a concentration in entrepreneurship. So. And for the students especially that are listening, um, if you think of the person or someone at your school that um, has a friend group, but at the same time they seem to be able to um, relate and get along with people all over the school and be friends with different people and cross over like friend and social circles and are well respected, and if you picture that person, my Sherry and Clayton are examples of that at our school. These two are people that are really um, are, are, have a special gifting with people and leadership that allows them to connect with a variety of different kinds of people, which I really respect. Yeah, I think that both of you can walk into our coffee shop on campus and walk up to any table and feel comfortable in a conversation with whoever's there. Even if you haven't met them before, it, it's, it's a super cool Or if you don't feel comfortable, you still act like you feel yeah. Um, and so th- this is a this is an interesting and hard topic that both of you have had to tackle this year as leaders on campus, and um, I've seen your hearts really bleed for. Um, mm. Let's talk about what's happening around us and not shy away from it, and teach people how to have good conversations about what they're seeing in our culture, what they're seeing about cultural differences, um, and even if they don't agree, still having the open hands to have a conversation so yeah as she's going into yeah. that the last thing i want to say so just going into that um fuller theological seminary has done a whole like a lot of studies over the last 10 years or so and one of the things they've said with hard topics is one of the re- main reasons students leave the church um after high school is not necessarily addressing the hard topics it's the silence mm, yeah that sometimes yeah. when it's not talked about and they don't feel like they're gonna deal with church they're gonna go other places to find those answers or feel like the church doesn't have answers to that yeah. so yeah um, just as a preface to that, appreciate that, and then yeah. go ahead and ask a question leading into it. I would jump off of that just before. I don't think any of us in this room have the answer, and but we can see what God has done and what we're attempting to do on campus, what you guys have done. And so there's some good things, there's some hard things, and so I'd put that on the table. Too. Yeah, that's kind of what's difficult about our position is that there's, I mean, we're, we're almost in like new territory of what we're trying to do. Yeah. And so like there's there's no right way really to do it this hasn't been mapped out before we're not walking in anybody else's path and so we're kind of like just feeling it out as we go figuring out what works and what doesn't work um 
and yeah, but it, it's great. The journey's awesome. So, you, so how do you how do you define success? Like, yeah, if you're yeah, mapping yeah. new territory, how do you not feel like you're constantly just treading on water and wonder what you did afterwards? Well, it's like letting the Holy Spirit guide you in a way, too. Like, he's going to show you which direction to take. Like, if you're doing something wrong, obviously, like, you're going to know in your spirit. Like, you're going to feel like, what's that word? Discernment. Mm -hmm. And know, like, if this is right or wrong. And then, like, if you're feeling like your spirit's really telling you to, like, keep going and do this, then you're, you're going to do it. And, like, if you're getting good reaction from students and, like, good responses and everything, and people are saying, keep going, good job, or, like, this is good, then you're going to have to keep going. But if, like... People are a little edgy about it. Then you have to, like, stop and think. That's what, that's for me. Yeah. So good. So, like, I hear you saying, like, a different kind of measurement when it's uncharted territory is honestly, it's it's whether you're walking in obedience and trusting God's peace along the way rather than being able to trust the results because you can't really necessarily fully know them yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so hard in just ministering in general of, like, you've got to trust God with people's hearts because he's working before, he's working during whatever <laughs> thing you're doing. And he's working after. And sometimes you don't see it on their faces, mm -hmm. especially with everybody wearing masks. You don't <laughs> see it on their faces at all. Um, so how do you address difficulty and unity? Like, like, like how, do you, how do you address the, like, the difficulty of taking on heart issues mm -hmm. and unity? Like, we get the season. So you, you decide how far much you want to go into that. But instead of going silent, you have pressed into how do we unify a campus in a crazy season, an unknown season? Was, What's been your posture approach? Yeah. So if we look at, like, what let's talk about like the demographics of what our campus looks like um so there is there, there's a unity issue in all of america oh, yeah. that is clear um you can't really argue that at this point <laughs> but uh and, and so that that's that is true for our campus as well there's an issue of a lack of unity on campus um and so i think at america a lot of people take it from a political standpoint um and that has proved to be very ineffective mm. um and so i think which what what motivated me to want to step into a position of leadership is knowing that we are a uh, an organization that professes Christ and seeing that there is disunity among our people that we are professing what uh, the church is supposed to look like it just it doesn't add up and so really what I want what my goal is is to really start a, a movement of unity on campus that would make our culture mirror what heaven's going to look like that we're not going to be a in heaven we're not going to be sitting at just tables with people that look like us we're going to be interacting worshiping with people from all over the world all over the the span of time um and what you said even just to give a shout out to swoo one of the things i as i was moving down here i was really excited about um was even just the racial diversity yeah when i looked in a campus oh, yeah. like there is there's caucasian african-american hispanic and then with sports teams a lot of international as well. oh, yeah. so mm -hmm. it's yeah. like you have one or two people that are a minority off to the side there really is yeah. a crossing of culture yeah and trying to figure out unity in this time is a little bit different yeah. than potentially in all campuses yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure so i love but i love that like so if that friction is necessary for us to come unity because of that diversity i celebrate that Oh, yeah. We have that diversity of people on campus too, trying to figure that out. Yeah. And it's almost like we have the easiest, we have the easiest answer for uh, unity, is that like we have Christ that is the unifier of all, and by just coming together, like we don't have to argue whose political position is right in order to find unity there. Like we can come from our differences and our different viewpoints. And know that, yeah. in the end, like 
Christ one, you know? And with that, coming from our different our um, differences and stuff coming together, that's literally why I made the Multicultural Club. Like, you mm-hmm. were mentioning, like, we were literally all around the world at SWU. Like, there's mm-hmm. different people from different places. Like, the SWU tennis team, for example, like, they're just different <laughs> cultures all, yeah. Yeah. all over the board. But it's, like, celebrating those differences and being present with one another and just being able to, like, just celebrating each other, honestly, and just coming together. And, like, what Clay said is, like, Christ is unity, like he's unity and he's love. So like if we come from a Christian standpoint, which is who we are, and come in love and unity, then what what's the problem? Yeah. So I love that you mentioned the multicultural club, which does multiple events across campus all the time. Um, really has done an amazing job at bringing unity across campus. What other things are you guys involved in, or or what did the Holy Spirit spark in you to do when you saw this issue? Um, what other things are you guys doing? Yeah, so we've been we've been trying to really uh, do a lot to just build unity on campus. Um, one thing we were doing last semester, we kind of got shut down this semester because of COVID. Um, to about last year, a student leader on campus stepped up and wanted to do hold these. Uh, um, what are they called? <laughs> Open mic nights. Open mic nights. Open mic. Yeah, yeah, jeez. Um, and so we we talked to him, come back this semester, um, and do those things through SGA and uh so really it's just he's 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 great at creating space for just creative fun mm-hmm. interactive space mm-hmm. and really what he's done is it uh D Cook's the guy's name he's just phenomenal dude um and he's created this space in our coffee shop on campus Blue Hill it's almost like he's got like the under underground Nashville vibes going on <laughs> uh, but he's he's able to bring a bunch of different cultures together and Everybody, when we, the, during those nights, we're able to celebrate different cultures yeah. and just have a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's, I mean, there's just the room is just packed out and <laughs> full of diversity. Of yeah. yeah, and we're all literally just happy and enjoying each other's time. Having a great time, yeah. <laughs> so, a question for students that are listening: Can everyone, um, can everyone, in essence, be a D cook, or is that a certain personality? So what I mean by that is this: when I'm thinking about yeah. D cook, a couple of things he brings to the table is, yeah. in general, he seems to be able to celebrate a variety of people and to connect with them and to enjoy them, appreciate that. Yeah. So you, you don't you don't feel a sense of extra judgment, like uh, whoever you are, you feel a sense of if you, if you want to connect with him, he wants to connect with you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he he tends to like just yeah celebrate people and he, wherever they're at. So. Um, that's two of the things I see in him. Is this something that any student in the high school that's feeling disunity in their church mm-hmm. so can bring, or are there other, yeah. so can we all be a cook or is there like, how, or how do you become someone that can kind of do that? If you're saying he's yeah. an example of that, what, what do you do? How do you create those qualities if you're trying to be that person? Yeah, I would say like to a degree, yes, everybody can. And as Christians, like we want to strive, <laughs> we want to strive to be, uh, to be that in a, in a sense. Um, but, but what he does really, really well is that he takes his gift of media and technology yeah. and uses that to bring yeah. people together. So I think as Christians, uh, they are not necessarily like walking the path of like being a youth pastor or pastor per se. We want to use our calling um, and be a D-cook and yeah. be able to bring people together yeah. and show Christ's love and do it in a way that comes completely natural to you. Follow, yeah. Use your passions as your calling. Like, with the different passions and callings, it's like we all have different gifts. And the cooks is obviously technology and yeah. media. So it's like 
the Lord, like he said it, I forgot where, like in Corinthians or something, but like he's he's the one who gives gives specifically to different people, whoever like needs it, not needs it, but like it's right for the person. So I feel like if we come together with our different gifts and stuff like that, we can definitely be not like a deep cook, but be the best version of ourselves to help with unity. Yeah. yeah. And one other quote I saw in him is before he had more of a platform, he seemed to just walk in his own steps. He was just himself from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Like you guys, in your own ways, have had to yeah. step out of confidence. Like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be who I am, um, and even if that hurts, or even if like there's certain things that happen with that, like I'm gonna be able to risk that. So for some people, how how do you potentially build the confidence to embrace the conflict or potentially the criticism and the judgment mm-hmm. from the beginning? So it's not something you're trying to do that to change something. It's just who you are. So how, how have you guys done that to where mm-hmm. you've been able to embrace conflict and not avoid it because you know they're gonna be some rejection, a heartache, or something like that. How did you develop the tough skin or the ability to do that? Well, for me, um, I've been always a people's pleaser all my life. Like, I wanted to make everyone love me and happy. But literally, just, like, during the summer, actually, like, I forgot, it was, like, during July. I don't know, something just hit me. Like, I've been praying about it for years and everything. But I'm like, wow, I just don't care about people's opinions. Like, it should not matter. (laughs) We literally only have one opinion that does matter, which is Christ, which is God. And it's like, why have I been walking along the side trying to please people when it's like the Lord can change their hearts to see me in a better way, even if they don't? So, like, I'm going to try to do the right thing, and <laughs> if that takes people blash, bashing me, which they do, I'm just going to have to take the hard hit and just go for it. And honestly, like, he's going to reward you in due time. Like, nothing good goes wow. to waste. So, yeah. for me, it's like, you're fighting for the right thing. I heard a quote that changed my mindset on that, too, because I was a people pleaser, and, like, uh, the, the quote was, God cares more about your reputation than you do. Wow. And so I was trying to, like... In, in starting maybe conflicting conversations where it, like, makes people uncomfortable, I was like, oh, no, like, they're going to judge me. They're going to perceive me in a certain way that I don't want. Um, but God was like, hey, Michaela, like, I care way more about your reputation than you do. And I trust that I'm going to protect it. And what I want you to do is be obedient. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what people say, um, let me take care of their hearts and let me take care of their perceptions. You just keep your eyes on me because if you take your eyes off, like, remember Peter walking on water took his eyes off of Jesus for one second and saw the storm and he was drowning mm-hmm. um, now the Lord was gracious enough to pull him back up but in the same way um, you can compare that to all of the things that we're talking about keep your eyes on Christ uh, because he sees the heart um, he sees the heart so I think for me mine is kind of I, I've always been a very confident person yeah. um, and so I think it was for me it was more of learning humility in my confidence rather than striving for confidence um and that's definitely hard and there's it's i mean it's just learning humility is never an easy or fun thing but i think my prayer coming in this year is that i would learn humility through leadership um which is kind of a a different prayer yeah um and so really my, my goal is the, of the position that I was put placed in is that I wanted to use my influence and my privilege to empower other people. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's really what Christ did when he was on earth is that he took the people that were marginalized, outcast, mm-hmm. and really just looked down upon in, their, in his culture and he just empowered them. I love that because I almost hear like two different paths to unity. We're talking about the people pleaser 
who in some ways um, learning how to have a confidence in self and who Christ's protecting you. You, you, don't, you don't care as much about protecting yourself because you know God's protecting you. Mm-hmm. And then you have to care a little bit about what other people think just to kind of be yourself and kind of own that you, it's your life and you have to live that and trust that God can bring other people to change their hearts. But then the other side of like building up confidence to risk is if you already feel like you have a confidence, um, which I think there are leaders out there that whether it's valid or not, we all there's certain that have confidence. And then there's a side where it's like it's learning humility in that process to bring unity. So it's not like, oh, I've got the confidence, let me lead. Yeah. There's another side where it's also like, no, I've got to figure out how. And for you, humility meant learning how to empower. I, it doesn't feel the Clayton show. Yeah. And I think yeah. for everything. What's it look like for me in the midst of knowing God's gifted me and I can risk to also bring other people to risk with me. That's so good. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm going to switch gears for a second. What, what is this done? What are you seeing God do because of these things that like you guys are trying on campus? What, what, are, what are you seeing? What's changing? So, yeah, that's a good question. That's kind of goes back to like, what, what do you, what, what, how do you gauge success? Yeah. Like, when it's hard to see the success. Um, so another thing we've done on campus is, uh, I've, I'm a, I'm a lifeguard and hall chaplain, and so we've, uh, my SGA teams approached the hall chaplains and asked them to um, take this book called Letters Across the Divide, and what it really does is it uh, really breaks down the conversation of race um, and the racial divide in America and just and, and and it really does a good job of walking through that conversation um, with a biblical perspective um, and so we've asked the lifeguards to volunteer and take these books give them two copies apiece and go and find somebody on campus that is of a dif- different ethnicity than them and uh, begin this begin this uh, conversation and just just start having the conversation um, and through these conversations we want the people that they approach to feel loved and valued and seen. Yeah. Um, and I really think that that's like the biggest thing that we can do on campus is, is to show people that we care, we see them and to really start having these conversations. Um, and I, because we've lived so long in America of just like separating, um, separating from people that think differently than us mm-hmm. to prevent having these hard conversations and arguments um, and in doing so, we've just like, we, we've just separated ourselves and marginalized people because of that. So if we can, we can start having these conversations, these hard conversations on campus, then that is going to ultimately what creates unity. Yeah. Well, yeah, having the hard conversations and everything, me and Kendall talked about that during the summer, because yeah. I believe that we should have those like uncomfortable conversations that's literally what's needed and i feel like that's what's missing too so like i was having conversations like confer and then people of color here on campus like how they experience racism me personally i've never did so like i've never seen anything and i've never seen a problem until people actually talk to me about what they've seen and i've also talked to people who are the caucasian skin color and stuff like that it's like having conversations with different people seeing different people's perspective on the situation but then also like understanding that the leadership the uh, the up leadership like can do like we we really do need to have this and telling him this and everything and making it happen yeah yeah absolutely you shouldn't shy away from a hard conversation Uh because it's hard and i think you guys are doing a great job at being examples for that because there's a lot of adults or like people outside of your age range that don't always know how to have the conversation now i'm not saying that for everyone 
but to learn now how to have conversations with people where your heart's open and their heart's open and you're listening um, and then responding instead of trying to respond while you listen. Yes. I think that is some of the, where we get into trouble a lot of times. Yeah, for is, sure. um, You immediately want to respond while you're listening and you forget to hear the person's story because actually your story is different and Clay, your story is different and my story is different. Brent's story is different. Um, and if you just hear the story, um, it's changed my perspective on people. Yeah. Um, someone that I had a, a view about changes when I hear about their life and their experiences. Um, and obviously I can't know everything that they've been through, but I can empathize in whatever way Christ gives me um, through the Holy Spirit. And so I think it starts with learning how to have good conversations, and you guys are doing that. Yeah, and it just... it. By doing that, by seeing people and, li- and listening to understand and not listening to then respond to be heard, you begin to appreciate other people's cultures and who they are and what shaped them to become who they are. I think that's just really the best way that you can love somebody just on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. What, uh, last question here, what would you say to a high school student listening to this right now who's wrestling with, man, I see disunity in and around everything around me in my school maybe in my church wherever that is uh what would you say to encourage them right now where they're at i would say that it's never easy and it's never really fun to like try to be somebody who creates unity um and really strives for unity um it's it's difficult and it takes stepping out of your comfort zone really pursuing people that don't look like you or maybe they even even ones that do look like you um but really it's always worth it so i would say just just have the take the courage um and go find people that that don't look like you or that you see that there needs to be unity there and uh engage with those people and really strive for a relationship um because those those relationships they're never easy at first um and it, it, it's going to be awkward for both of you. Um, it's just <laughs> just how it goes. But um, it's worth it. And putting in that time, that relational effort, um, it's a beautiful thing. And that's some of the strongest relationships that I have. Um, and they're the most rewarding. Um, like Clay said, uh, stepping out like Moses, he stepped out into the Red Sea and then it just, you know, the water disappeared and everything. It's just taking that courage and stepping out and being filled with love. And honestly, it's just that our whole Christianity is based on love. God is love. One of my favorite lyrics in my song is, um, um, all said and done, all that matters is love. Let love take over. And that's literally what we have to do. And that's literally the perspective we have to take, too. And what I can give you guys is saying, um, choose love and you'll reap what you sow and your reward will be with you in due time. Man, that's beautiful, guys. Thank you so much for all that you're fighting for, for being an encouraging example to others, um, for coming to talk today. You guys are awesome and you're doing great things on this campus. Um, so thank you so much for that.